you can host the best backyard barbecue. You can find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Hey, Rendo, Steve here. Ed Larson. Hey, welcome back to the Matt Chat. This is a show where we debate wrestling things. I gotta get those curtains, man. I get the curtains and the chairs. And then I'm going to have, I decided also, you see that little stool thing right there? The, uh-huh. the, okay, then I'm going to have that with like a little ashtray and a fake burning cigarette. They always used to have that back on the old well, shows they were in real, the 70s. They were real cigarettes back then. Do you, I can do that, but I think we both know I that, prefer, that. I you prefer you didn't. That's right, but I'm going to have a fake cigarette with like fake little you smoke. You mean like a, 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 a vape apparatus? I don't know. I want it to look real. I want it to look like an actual cigarette. I think the only option is a real cigarette. And then some Matt Chat mugs. I'm so going to revamp this show. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait. All right, cool. Anyways, this is Matt Chat. Your, is show. your house, your office. Utilize it how you see fit. This is the show where we, uh, where we solicit our $20 patrons uh, over there at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson to submit video debate topics. And then Larson and I will debate them, yeah. whether or not we actually believe them or not, which we usually then reveal at the beginning or the end. We got some great topics today. We do. There's some really tough questions today. There are. I'm very much looking forward to uh, checking out. Uh, so, what is the first one today? From the cat, Daryl Takahashi. Let's see what he has to say. Well, what's good, Stephen Larson and many friendos out there? It's the cat, Daryl Takahashi. And my debate question for Matt Chat this week is, do you feel Survivor Series, as one of the big horse shows on the WWE calendar, gets enough respect as it deserves, or do you feel it doesn't give the respect and recognition it deserves as one of the big horse shows? Thanks, boys. Thank you, the cat. Thank you, the cat. Very interesting question. Survivor Series, yes. does it get the respect it deserves? I don't have my notes up. <laughs> I'll look the ears up. One day we're going to have to do this live, and I'll just program all the videos on there. All right. So yeah, we should do that. probably take a really long time. We, we should do that. that. That's what we need an intern for. Here, get your notes up. Where are they? In the same folder they're always at. <laughs> Match that? Yes. All right. Um, so, the question is, Survivor Series, does it get the respect that it deserves? It's one of the big four. Who's going to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, go first. Yes. 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 Yeah, it does. absolutely it does. Um, so, for a while... For a while, it did not. There was that period of time, and it was kind of a lengthy period of time, where, you know, the original Survivor Series idea was five-on-five. And it was like a whole cluster, a whole mess of five-on-fives. And to who's going to be the lone survivor, what a sole survivor, whatever it was. And nobody really cared about it. I think that actually disappeared fairly quickly, didn't it? What was the last time that actually took place? Uh, Probably mid-90s. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's that, after eight years of the pay-per-view being in existence, though. So it wasn't yeah, like it, but. I know, but you know, by the you know the WWE, they drag out everything way too long. It's not like the sole survivor by the end ever had any significance. It wasn't like the Royal Rumble winner; they didn't get like a title shot. I mean, sometimes maybe according to storyline, they did. But anyways, <coughs> it is yes, right now at this moment, getting the respect it deserves. Largely, if you remember last, or I think was it two years ago, Dolph, Dolph Ziggler did the authority. Three years ago. Three years ago. Okay, that was a pretty big deal. Even then, it wasn't getting a whole lot of respect. Last year, when Brock Lesnar beat Goldberg, that was a huge... It's the other way around. I'm sorry, Goldberg beat Brock Lesnar in a shocking moment. That was a huge moment. That, that moment alone put Survivor Series back on the map. And we also had Brand Warfare. We had SmackDown versus Raw. This year, they're doubling down on that. We saw with SmackDown this, or Raw this past week, Team SmackDown attacked Raw. We're shooting this before SmackDown airs on Tuesday. I can only assume it was reciprocated by Raw in some manner this week on SmackDown. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Um, in any event, yes, 
The brand split, I think, was a fantastic idea, and Survivor Series is the place where they can explore, uh, like what I like to call fan service. And so, yes, absolutely. I think these days, especially now, since the big Brock Lesnar win over Goldberg last year at Survivor Series, when Brock Lesnar stunned the world and beat Goldberg, the other way around. Yeah. Um, yeah, Survivor Series, absolutely, it gets, it gets, it gets everything. And on top of that. When do they have NXT takeovers? It's not with TLC. It's not with uh, 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 Backlash or the, the Roadblock, whatever his bunk pay-per-views are. They have the piggyback the NXTs with Big Four. And if I'm not mistaken, Survivor Series next month, TakeOver Houston War Games is back. Yeah. I win. Next question. No, I get, I get a talk. Sit down. Be quiet. I am sitting down. Be quiet. Silent. I am sitting My down. My turn. I'm already sitting down. Well, if these stools are high enough, you could be crouching. Go ahead. Uh, no, I don't think Survivor Series is given the credit it largely deserves. It is the uh, second oldest of the uh, major four pay-per-view franchises created back in 1987. It has been a mainstay of WWE's pay-per-view lineup since 1987. It has legacy. Despite that, though... It has what? Legacy. Thank you. Despite that, though, um, if we were to power rank... Pop, 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 power rank. The, uh, the top four pay-per-views, by and large, I think most people would rank at number four, and I think that's kind of unfair. Um, in the early days, yes, the Survivor Series gimmick was that it was the five and five elimination tag matches, and by and large, they had no stakes. That is correct. But there was novelty to it in that you got to see team-ups that you otherwise wouldn't have ever seen. You got to see Ric Flair and Razor Ramon team up for one event. You got to see HBK and Jeff Jarrett team up for an event. Yay. Yay. Um, uh, even with that, the low-stakes matches were iconic moments in the early days. For example, the debut of The Undertaker. Legacy. Legacy. Um, and since then, there have been uh, tons more iconic moments. We have the Montreal Screwjob, Survivor Series 97, sure. Survivor Series 98, the greatest pay-per-view ever. Yeah. The uh, Deadly Games Tournament, which saw The Rock turn heel again to capture his first WWE Championship. He had the first uh, Elimination Chamber match took place at Survivor Series. Um, and then, yes, over the last few years, they've managed to bring some importance to the uh, traditional Survivor Series matches. I win. I already had these notes before I even, even re- watched the videos. Because um, there's stakes involved. Yeah. Team Cena versus Team Authority in 2014, which brought the debut of Sting mm-hmm. to WWE. Iconic moment. Um, and then, uh, starting last year, Raw versus SmackDown. Uh, brand warfare. What? Are you just proving my point? No, I'm proving my point because my point is, generally speaking, people think of the big four pay-per-views. Survivor Series probably ranked fourth across the board. Yeah, but it's big four. I know, but I think it, 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 it deserves more credit than what it's probably getting. It's where not getting it? the respect. That, where should it be? Where, do you think, where would you put it? Third. What's fourth? Uh, maybe SummerSlam. Ooh, I don't know, man. SummerSlam is a big party every summer. That's just a recent development, though. Historically speaking, it's been yeah. pretty hit or miss. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you on that one. So um, that's my basis. It's not getting the credit it necessarily deserves. Yeah. Because a lot of pretty iconic moments have happened at SummerSlam, or sorry, Survivor Series. Yeah. And yes, most recently, last year, Goldberg beat Brock Lesnar in fairly shocking fashion. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar be Goldberg. So we can use the same evidence to prove different points, essentially. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let me ask you this. Now that we're done with our little debate points, what would be the criteria? Like, you know, you sort of say in vague terms, and I say sort of in abstract terms, you know, we're the same thing. We're not sure. Like, I, I believe it gets to the respected what's the, criteria, what's the criteria for everything we do? Yeah. Being uh, good. Being good. Legacy. Legacy. Kayfabe. Kayfabe. I don't know if those really apply to how people feel about survivors. Well, it should because I feel like that criteria is pretty, it's pretty full. I think my, my bottom line is this: I think these days people do simply because they've WWE has made people will buy into whatever you know pay per view is a big deal. Well, I think you're looking at a very small window. I'm talking about it in the full historical context of the history of the show, thirty years. Yeah, the early yeah, but days. For a long time, it didn't deserve. Well, to for be a lot of there was still like a majority of the show. Yeah, the elimination matches, but uh, at least as early as '92, they were having singles matches. We can frame this question in kind of a different manner and have a different type of debate that kind of comes around to the same conclusion. Could Money in the Bank be packaged as a Big Four replacement for Survivor Series? 
I think a case could be made either way, given how money in the bank has become such a such a big milestone yeah. for the company every June. Yeah. Um, I think that's a debate that nobody's asked us, so we're not going to debate it here, although it's a fascinating one. Yeah, maybe next week's the most will ask us that. There you maybe go. Let me do that. Yeah. It may happen. Yeah, but next up, we have Michael Berry. Well, we have two questions that are similarly themed, so we're going to join them together, right. play them back-to-back, All right. and then we'll answer them together. First from Michael Berry, and then second from Juggernaut. Okay. Let's see what they have to say. What's up, friendos? Quick question for the debate. Who should be the first person to beat Asuka? Whether that's someone in the WWE now, someone in NXT, someone that isn't even in the WWE yet, let me know. Hey, friendos. Uh, back at you with another video question. So, yeah, Asuka. Well, she's on Raw now. And uh, I think it's pretty inevitable that one of these days she's going to be, like, the Raw Women's Champion. You know, all that stuff. And uh, I don't think there's actually a bigger stage that she could actually, like, have her first loss on than WrestleMania. But my question is, which one should it be? Should it be 35 or 36? Because, you know, she can't have a perfect win-loss record her entire career. Nobody can. I mean... It's just got to happen at some time, so when's it going to be? Thank you, Michael Berry and Juggernauts. Yes. So, Asuka, recently uh, at TLC, she made her uh, main roster debut. Yeah, oh, our, little hair on my arms were sticking up. This is the, the back of my spine was tingly or something. Goosebumps. Goosebumps, thank you. Um, it was a great moment. It was a huge moment. It felt special. She had a great match against Emma, then she uh, rematched on uh, Raw. Well, not a great match, but they had decent matches. And, uh, you know... The big question on everybody's mind is, you know, specifically, when is she going to lose? Is the WWE going to continue this win streak of hers for an extended period of time? When will she lose? Who's she going to lose to? Larson, you go first. Okay. Um, We often say that WWE needs long-term vision, long-term planning, um, and they need to let stories develop over longer periods of time. And when I look at potential long-term storytelling opportunities, I see one that's glaringly obvious, especially when it relates to Asuka and who can beat her in two or three years' time, and that is Ember Moon. They had some awesome matches in NXT. Ember Moon can never, like the first match at NXT TakeOver Orlando, Asuka cut corners, pushed the ref into the ropes, got the win that way. Second time, she just kicked out of the Eclipse, which never happens. Asuka's that that awesome. So, um, if they were to... Have Oscar lose in the next two or three years, I feel like Ember Moon is the top candidate. Um, so let's kind of do some fantasy booking here. Oscar, um, yes, recently debuted on Raw. She's going to dominate. She's going to beat everybody in the coming months. And uh, by the latest, she'll hold that women's title by WrestleMania. Probably beat Alexa Bliss for it. Um, and I kind of went uh, thought about two different options for Ember Moon, whether she wins at, at, at uh, War Games or not. In the end, I decided, yes, she wins the NXT wins title at War Games, um, either vacates it or is beat by somebody, um, and is called up to SmackDown after SummerSlam next year. And so then we have Ember Moon on one path on SmackDown, Asuka on another path on Raw, and they're both dominating their respective divisions. And some point in 2019, maybe after WrestleMania, where Ember uh, beats somebody to retain the title, or... Yeah, I retain the title. Um, she gets in the mic and says, I've done everything I can over here. I've done everything I can in this company except for one thing, and that's beat Asuka. I want to beat Asuka. And so the storyline kicks off there, and they have a year-long build to WrestleMania 2020, which I think is WrestleMania 36, where at some point in mid to late 2019, there is a trade, a superstar shakeup. She gets sent to Raw. And then you start developing that story where she just wants to have that match with Asuka, against Asuka, because that's the last thing she needs to do to cement her own legacy. Um, they can bring up their history in NXT, which is vast. Um, at this point, too, in three years' time, they can uh, uh, work out the kinks in her character um, uh, that are kind of hampering her a bit in NXT. In NXT. Um, so by WrestleMania 36, that's three more years, pretty much. They have a match. Ember Moon is the woman who beats Asuka, is the Raw Women's Champion. Okay, you're wrong. 
the answer is Charlotte, and the answer is probably sometime in 2019. I'm going to give her all of 2018 to continue her undefeated streak because the WWE loves their undefeated streaks. So I'm going to say probably 2019. <laughs> probably, eh, probably next year, but I'll, I'll say 2019 for the sake of argument. Uh, your uh, fascination with Ember Moon. I like Ember Moon. I think she's great. I think you are way overblowing her. For one thing, Ember Moon now has a wealth of talent in NXT that she has to compete with both in getting over and in notching her way up to the top. Talent that has been signed from the Mae Young Classic and beyond. Uh, we're talking about Kyrie Sane, who's already more over than Ember Moon. Uh, Ruby Riot, who's probably on par. And Nikki Cross, who I guarantee you the crowd is more over with than Ember Moon. Uh, also names like Jazzy Gabert could step foot in and she will immediately be probably the most over person in the company. Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae, assuming she does actually sign with the company, they will all be more over than Ember Moon. Well, you should use the verb as using your notes. Eclipse her as well. Sorry, yeah, well, Eclipse her Get as it? well. Yeah, Eclipse. I, I wrote it. Um, there is one person who uh, they will have uh, uh, beat Asuka, and that person is Charlotte. She is currently branded as the queen of the WWE. She is the alpha in the women's division, regardless of the fact that she's sort of been... I'm not even going to say misused on SmackDown because I do think that they have placed less of an emphasis on her in order to build up other people because she's been so traditionally dominant. She has had exactly one person at her level in her history on main roster. I'm talking about Charlotte right now, and that's Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is the only person who has been booked and has been over enough to compete with Charlotte at the level, cleanly, on a level playing field. That person is Sasha Banks, nobody else. Um, Asuka is that person who will be able to compete with Charlotte. Now, right now, they're on separate brands. That is very smart because it then allows Asuka, over time, to basically clean out the women's division in the same manner that Charlotte can clean out the women's division on SmackDown. Now, Charlotte has already lost plenty. Um, she can continue to eat losses. I'm not sure how you can you can sort of keep Asuka on the road being undefeated on the main roster. I'm sure they're going to figure it out because the WWE loves their undefeated streaks. When they eventually end up on the same brand, it will be a, you know, Michael Jordan versus LeBron James type situation. You're going to have greatness versus greatness. Think about it, the branding, queen versus empress. I mean, it writes itself. They will have a true series where Charlotte will best Asuka. It'll probably be kind of akin to when Brock Lesnar beat Goldberg at Survivor Series in 15 seconds. It's going to be something like that, where it'll be their first encounter, their biggest thing, or their first encounter, hype to the moon, main event of possibly a big four pay-per-view, and Charlotte will get a stunning victory over Asuka in not a hard-fought bout, and then Asuka will come back similar to the way Brock Lesnar came back against Goldberg, get another one over Charlotte, then they'll have a rubber match. Wait, 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 you're saying Charlotte's going to beat Asuka in 15 seconds? Something stunning is going to happen like that. Something stunning is going to happen like that. You know, you would have said the same thing for Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. You never would have thought. That's why it's going to be so good, because it's going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Her loss has to be something stunning, something special, something memorable, just in the same way. It might not be a squash like that. Okay, the thing about Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg, it wasn't a squash. It was Brock Lesnar being taken by surprise. It's going to be something similar to that. It might not be a 15-second so-and-so, but it's going to be something that's going to leave people shocked. Her first defeat cannot be she's getting bested by an opponent who's just as good as her. It has to be her the path they had her on in NXT when she was arrogant, full of herself, overconfident. She gets taken by surprise by Charlotte. Um, the people are absolutely stunned, and then they have a back-and-forth series where they trade victories and wins and blah, blah, blah. I kind of feel like Asuka versus Charlotte will be more of a... Because that's usually what will happen at some juncture. Mm-hmm. Is going to be you know, like the Empress versus the Queen thing. That's all good as far as, as marketing. But... Uh, I kind of feel like it'd be more of a situation where, where that's the feud where Asuka cements her place as top woman, top woman in WWE. Yeah. As opposed to Here's Charlotte handing her her first loss. Yeah, but they're never gonna they're never gonna do a thing where she's going to. Charlotte's not gonna pass any torch. Charlotte's still very. No, young. no, I'm not trying. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying time. to say. I almost said passing the torch, but I realized I was incorrect. But uh, uh, I mean, Charlotte is they, top dog. They can have division. a stone cold rock situation with these two. That's what they can have. 
they can have a, 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 a dueling alpha dogs, if you will, situation mm-hmm. where you can't really say, I mean, you know, people say who's the best, Stone Cold, during the Attitude Era, Stone Cold or The Rock. A case could be made. I think we both say Stone Cold. Yeah. But a case could be made for either one at yeah, any given time. So I think that's the situation we're going to have. I think Ember Moon basically... She might have established herself at the top of the NXT pack, but that pack just got so much bigger and wider. And you got people like Kyrie Sane coming in, and you got people like, you know, the people that I mentioned already Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae, if she comes in, um, Shanna, Shanna Baszler, whatever. What is it? Shanna Baszler? Yeah. That's what it is, Shanna Baszler. Yeah. I'm getting it. Um, I don't really know what their plans are for her, but if they really want to try to. You know, get her buddy to to come on in too for a couple matches. That's a possibility that they're going to push her to the moon. But people like people just like you know the legitimacy of uh, of Shayna Baszler. <laughs> I'm learning. Anyways, but I think my thing is this: Oscar's already crossed crossed the threshold of main roster. It could be somebody who's currently in NXT. One of your points about their uh, about uh, the the history that they already have in NXT. NXT isn't canon to main roster, and we both know. Well, that. it is on Raw, but not really on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, I know it, it fluctuates. That's why I said the the eventual showdown has to happen on Raw. Yeah, and plus they've already messed up Ember Moon's character on. Well, NXT. I'm saying they have two and a half years to fix that on the main roster. On the main roster. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, maybe I should just have Ember Moon go straight to Raw then. There you go. Perfect. Because, uh, uh, moving on. Who's SmackDown next? really has not done a good job with that. Uh, next from Patrick Sparks. Ooh, Patrick, one of my favorites. Hey, friendos, Pat here. It's been a few weeks, but I am back, and it's time to debate. So, Vince Russo and Jeff Jarrett both have done a lot of shit things in the wrestling industry, produced a lot of trash. But I want you two to debate who did worse when they were lead booker whenever they were doing it. Um, Larson, Russo in WCW. Or some of the weird stuff he did in WWF. And Steve, Jeff Jarrett and TNA. Have fun. Tear him apart, please. Thanks. Bye, friendos. Thank you, Patrick. Thank wow. you. Wow. Controversy, Larson. Controversy. Both men. I'm not going to say they're both falling on hard times. Vince Russo's got a podcast. And Jeff Jarrett. Uh, so do we. <laughs> hey, we're doing great, though. Yeah, we're doing fine. Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, so, Patrick wants to talk about Jeff Jarrett. Vince you Russo, go ahead, you go ahead. Who did worse as lead booker of their respective promotions, or as when they were lead booker, Jeff Jarrett and TNA, and then uh, uh, that'd be in the early days of TNA. Then, so I have to say, Jeff Jarrett did yes. worse than Vince Russo. Yeah, you are charged with proving that point. Okay, you want me to go first so you can think about it a little bit? Well, I, I have to. I have to come up with the evidence. Um. Okay. All right. I'll do this. <laughs> okay. No, I got it. All right. <laughs> All right. I got it. Vince Russo, we can both agree, and you're about to argue, did a terrible job. Side note here. Remember the going in review we did with the Vince Russo Nitro episode? Do you know the significance? We didn't know this. Do you know the significance of that episode? That episode aired the week WWE went from USA to TNN. Oh. And WCW thought that was their best. And there's all sorts of speculation. I read this. Uh, coincidentally, the, the latest Vintage Wrestling Observer newsletter uh, talks all about this in the latest episode. And I was, I was like, yeah, I'll read it. Or the latest uh, issue. Yeah. Um, that, was the, that was the episode they brought out thinking that they could dole uh, a body shot to the WWE oh, that didn't work out as cool. they moved over to TNN. They had Vince Russo, and apparently Vince Russo, according to Meltzer anyways, Vince Russo knew that he was on shaky ground, and that's why he kept putting himself in front of the camera, because he felt that, hey, if I'm a main character, they can't just get rid of me. How great is that? So, this is what happened. Vince Russo did an absolutely terrible job with WCW. And so when WCW folded, what did Jeff Jarrett do? He started his own promotion. He started his own promotion and basically tried to do the same thing Vince Russo did. At one point, Vince Russo was uh, the head creative at TNA. That's right. But in the meantime, Jeff Jarrett basically tried to start WC. 
tried to start failing WCW light. 2.0 or light. Exactly. So what did he do? He brought in guys like Scott Hall, who had just been fired from the WWE for not being able to stay sober. Um, he brought in Ken Shamrock, admittedly actually a pretty good acquisition, but... You know, best known for being uh, a decent IC champion there in the WWF Attitude Era. He brought in uh, R-Truth, a quality guy, main eventer. No, made him a main eventer. Um, and then, of course, he would book himself to win championships. Well, um, something both he and Vince Russo have in common. Then. <laughs> exactly. So, essentially, he took the worst booking of WCW, which literally ran it in the ground, and tried to make a company around that. Although, I think he tried to do it without... The, uh, the the salaciousness of all the bikini contests and stuff that Vince Russo was so fond of. Um, he tried to do this with uh, the branding, uh, the NWA branding, essentially, that uh, had not been relevant in probably 30 years. Um, since the early 90s. Yeah, since the early 90s. and even, A good decade, at least. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I mean, prior to WCW, I guess. Um, so he tried to do all that. He went with stuff that already didn't work, with uh, and instead of establishing new faces, so this is 2002. I'm not sure when AJ came into the company and Samoa Joe and those guys. I feel like they didn't really hit their stride until like 2005. I mean, I guess he maybe maybe did some good stuff, but he just he relied on a legacy that was long dead and would not appeal in the slightest to anybody who was a fan of uh, the WWE product at the time, 2002, which was on a roll. They had all the talent over there. So the question is, Jeff Jarrett as a booker in, uh, in TNA establishing a new company, uh, I think he did far worse than Vince Russo, who uh, you know brought some of the Attitude Era into... Say what you will about Vince Russo. He did try to establish new blood... Uh, in kickstarting, re-kickstarting uh, WCW. Yes, Steve, go, what go ahead. <laughs> yes, Jeff Jarrett uh, yeah. emulating uh, Vince Russo Light and TNA, bad move. Yeah. But uh, it's just a poor facsimile of the real thing. <laughs> uh, here's a laundry list of things. Oh, of, I love it. You of, did some research. Of Vince Russo's crimes against wrestling. Oh, crimes against wrestling. During uh, his, Guilty. His, uh, his tenure as head of creative at WCW. Read the charges, please. First. Russo made himself champion. Guilty. Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. Guilty. Um, pretty much reviving pole matches in their entirety. Guilty. He uh, made David Arquette champion. Guilty. Again, he made himself champion. Guilty. He put himself on TV all the time when no one wanted to see that. Bro, guilty. Again, he made himself champion. Yeah. Uh, he solidified the end of WCW with his garbage booking. True. Um, yeah, he tried. He... I will give him credit for this. Mm-hmm. He elevated some new blood. Mm-hmm. Scott Steyer in the main event. Booker T in the main event, which yeah. was huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then again, he made himself champion. Yeah. In the same time, he also elevated Jeff Jarrett to the main event. Yeah. So the, those two, Jeff Jarrett and Vince Russo, had some sort of bond, some sort of yeah. kinship that seemed to have united them from their days in WWF. So when Vince went to WCW mm-hmm. after Jeff had already gone there, it's like they were in cahoots. Yeah. I wonder, and it brought, no, about it, was, the, it brought about the end of the company. I mean, there was some conspiracy theory about Vince Russo having... Oh, sorry. This, this is just a fraction yeah, of the things I, I can list. Having some hand in Jeff Jarrett's contract situation. Yeah, 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 I've heard that too. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't really care. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I understand why Jeff Jarrett would think that Jeff Jarrett is money. Yeah. But why would Vince Russo think that Jeff Jarrett is money? I wonder if, I honestly wonder if it's this. I wonder if he felt if he could tie himself to somebody who he could position in the main event status and make them untouchable. He's, he knew he couldn't attach himself to Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah, no. He couldn't do that. Or Eric Bischoff had already done or that. Or Nash or Goldberg or, or any, Nash those or any of those guys. So attach yourself to whoever you can attach yourself to. Try to give them as big a rub as possible as, you know, lead creative guy. Give them some stroke. Give him some stroke, give him the stroke, and then maybe that's some job security, which of course flies in the face of doing what your actual job is, which yes. is to create compelling stories and characters. Which he really did none of, which for the most did. part. He did absolutely none of. Um, no, yeah, he basically killed WCW. Well, I don't know if he was exactly the sole reason for its death, but he definitely put WCW 
out of his misery. Yeah, it definitely didn't didn't help things. No. Yeah, the David Arquette thing and himself thing. The David Arquette thing when he just did it to to pop ratings on yeah. an episode of Thunder. Yeah, I know. No one's gonna watch Thunder. No. I mean, at least I can say this: uh, Arquette was champion for a couple weeks. Couple weeks. I think. And uh, Russo is champion, I think, for like a week. Yeah. I want to say yeah. if that. Um. So, you know, uh, I think our, the Arquette thing was worse. Maybe. I think. I think the thing about this, I, because I, somebody on Twitter asked our good friend O'Brien Zane about this on Twitter. He said, "What was worse, uh, Russo being champion or uh, yeah, Russo booking?" It. I think the David Arquette thing was worse because this. Well, Russo winning the championship was a fluke thing. Well, well the, as, as the match was booked, it was a fluke thing. He, right. It was like he was the one that stepped out of the cage. Goldberg speared him through. It yeah, like he I know. I mean, that, that was a super fluke. Arquette was still flukish. But Arquette's title win was so high profile. Yeah. It accomplished Russo's goal. Of putting the company on the front page of USA Today, yeah. So everybody in hotels hotel could room. see that. Yes. They <laughs> could see that. So that was actually... Business travelers around the country were well aware of what WCW <laughs> yeah, was doing. Exactly. That was actually a fairly high-profile thing. I don't think nobody in the mainstream knew that Russo was champion. I mean, a lot of people didn't know that Russo was champion. So I don't think that did that much harm. It's just a stain on the legacy of yeah. the title. Yeah. Um, Arquette is champion, actually. You know, wrestling, every wrestling fan knew that. I mean, so many people had tuned out at WCW tuned out of WCW by the time Russo won the championship that, you know, it was like, okay, big deal. Whereas, you know, you, you pick up, you know, you're, you're on the road traveling because you're a salesman. You pick up the, you know, you're a fan of WWF. You pick up newsman. Man, I remember when WCW is good. Now they have a freaking actor, a comedic actor as their champion. That's garbage. I'm not gonna, whereas that wouldn't have been on the cover of USA yeah. Today if you're a business traveler. Did uh, Jeff Jarrett ever book a celebrity to win the world title during his uh, run as head booker of TNA? Uh... No, I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I mean, yeah, you, you're right. You got to give credit to Jeff Jarrett at least for sticking to wrestling. And I mean, I know I said this is a bad thing, but trying to revive, you know, arguably historically the most significant wrestling promotion yeah. in the world. And I can understand why Jeff Jarrett, in his mind, you know, he he was top guy in his dad's promotion. You can rely on yourself. Yeah, you know and that I mean? too. It's the Gagne way of doing things. Vern Gagne was champion because he didn't know who was going to leave. Yeah. Put the belt on Hogan, he like might he knew, leave. He knew he wasn't going to leave. <laughs> he knew exactly. his son wasn't going to leave. The Von Erichs. Put the title on one of them kids. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. I can trust them. I see the logic in it. The answer probably is Vince Russo. Oh, it's definitely Vince but Russo. But it's fun to argue either way. So, there's that. Next, we've got a question from Alexander Carenti. Let's see what Alexander has to say. What's up, friendos? Debate question. One of my personal favorites, Edge... One of your guys' personal favorites, Sam Punk. Who was better? Cheers, guys. Thank you, Alexander. Thank you. Showing a little bit of that manly chest hair in yeah. his video. Good to see him. He's, I, I'm going to say Alexander might be our dapperest friendo on the Patreon. You'll never hear any complaints about him in the comments. I love you all. You're all great. Um, anyways, what was the question? Um, his question is, oh. Edge or CM Punk, who's better? CM Punk. It's always CM Punk. Here's why. Because CM Punk um, was just cooler. Like, he, he was just, I don't know, he was just cooler. He was more legit. I feel like Edge, okay, Edge has done a lot of neat things. He has. CM Punk might have been cool, but Edge was neat. And I like Edge. And I'm trying to articulate why. Because CM Punk was so legitimate. Came up through the indie ranks. He left everything. I mean, this is why he burnt out, because every match he put on, he left it all out there. Every match he had was great storytelling. Every promo he dropped was absolutely compelling. There's always going to be that part of me who feels like Edge was champion because there was no other true alpha around at the time. He was reliable. He was reliable, whereas CM Punk was lightning in a bottle, man. CM Punk was like the stone cold of his day. You're going to start writing down. Oh, these are my notes. Um, I don't know. He was just way cooler. Pay attention to what you're, you're doing. Take care of yourself. He was way cooler. That was, CM Punk was way cooler. He was one of the only guys to have a... Edge never had a five-star match. CM Punk did. He, had he was a better wrestler. He was a better... He was just better... In every respect, he was better. 
He was a better wrestler. He's not as decorated as Edge, but he had a longer title. Like, Edge might have had way more title runs, but CM Punk had, like, a 460-day title run. That was a long time. Um, uh, he had cooler theme music than Edge. Um, he didn't uh, sleep with his best friend's girl that I know of. Ooh. He might have, but not on camera. Anyways, go ahead with All right. Yeah, I like Edge. Edge is good. Edge is great. He's neat. Not better than CM Punk, though. Uh, Edge has won more titles than anybody else solely in WWE history. 31 mm-hmm. titles. Okay, between, yeah, that's one of the three criteria for being, for, for, for being awesome. Guilty. Being good. Okay. Edge put on several great matches. Match against Mick Foley at WrestleMania a few years, no, 10 years ago, whatever it was. For sure. Where there was a table on fire and everything. Yeah. Great match. Yeah. Uh, the, the match... Uh, he and Foley had with Funk and uh, Tommy Dreamer mm-hmm. that won the ECW uh, one night stands. Yeah. Fantastic and bloody. You said that CM Punk put himself on the line every match. Edge had to retire prematurely because he put himself on the line every match. He took a he not feared, every match. What's the match that Edge took off? You know why Edge retired? It's because he did all those crazy ladder spots in the yeah. first couple of years of his career. But then he had many other years where it was like, ah, oh, you know what. We Never expect really him to keep taking, doing those same spots year after year after year. Nah, but he just wasn't as cool as CM Punk. Anyways, continue. Anyways, um, you mentioned that Edge uh, lacked uh, uh, worthy contemporaries in terms of, uh, of competition mm-hmm. for a world title. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had John Cena. Yeah, but I mean, you had on. Batista. You had uh, Randy Orton, Triple H towards the tail end of his run. Yeah. Those are all Hall of Famers. Yeah. Who'd CM Punk have other than Cena? Del Rio. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> also, Lesnar, The Rock, Edge did a lot of neat things. Yeah, a lot of neat things. We said yeah. we'd do an episode of Count Out, still the 10 neat things Edge did. I can't say the same thing about CM Punk. We can't do a top 10 neat things CM Punk did. That would be as compelling as Edge. If you if you were on a desert island and you had the Edge documentary or the CM Punk documentary... Which you'd rather have? I wonder if I've seen the Edge documentary. You know, I mean, the thing about the Edge documentary is that you know you have some potential. You're on Desert Island. You need some visual stimulation. Yeah, there you go, live sex show. <laughs> so maybe you go with that. Um, and oh, yeah, no. yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, engaging in uh, uh, adultery. Not yeah. adultery because they were married per se, but uh, yeah. philandering. Yeah, <laughs> it's not exactly cool. Hey, we're not judging anybody. No, not really. But it's not probably the coolest thing to do. Yeah. Um, that being said, as far as I know, Edge took part in the only live sex show to ever take place that was pretty cool. in wrestling history. And the week after, yeah. he wanted to kick it up again and have Lita, what? Yeah. Finish him off. Finish him off, yeah. Get a chair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Edge, I think, is underrated on the mic. Not up to CM Punk's level, but underrated. Um, really good in the ring. Put on a lot of really great matches. Put his body in the line for a lot of years when he probably didn't have to. But he did it because he loved the business. He wanted to entertain the fans. And because of that, remember hearing uh, when he knew that something was wrong, where he was uh, uh, having matches against Batista mm-hmm. on the house show, mm-hmm. and he was took a Batista bomb and lost feeling in one of his arms. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. yeah. And so he knew, all right, let's get my neck checked out. Bad neck, had to retire. And at least before he got the opportunity to retire, he finally won a match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Never happened before. Also, I believe Edge has main event at WrestleMania. Let me confirm that. Something CM Punk never did. Yeah, I know, but so did, like, you know, Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam Bigelow. Sid made a event at WrestleMania. You know. Yet CM Punk never could. I don't think you believe that's a criteria for how cool you are. Well, it's not the question. It's how cool is who's better. Would you ever argue that Sid's better than CM Punk? No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be foolishness. Right, exactly. Yep, Edge main evented uh, one WrestleMania. What is it, the one against The Undertaker? Yeah. Which one was that? Uh, 24. Who else was in that one? Well, hold on, man. <laughs> I'm not being pussy. It was like a co-main event, though, wasn't it? What was the last match? Undertaker versus Ed? Yeah, it was the main event. It was the uh, last Floyd match. Floyd Mayweather was on that one. Randy Orton versus... Boy, what a, oh, I had Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair. That's a good match. Yeah, I know, but that's the thing. Like, that was the real main event. Come on. How many WrestleManias over the main event was actually, like, buried in the show? Um... Not very many. CM Punk, he just—he had, I mean, you know, top three promos of all time. The pipe bomb. Yeah. You know? He has more iconic moments. Yeah, is Edge more decorated? Yes, absolutely. And I like Edge. But more iconic moments. That, the summer of Punk 
was one of the most iconic modern day. And you can't, Edge never had that iconic feud. What's the iconic feud he had? Well, when he and Christian were a tag team, they had several iconic feuds against I'm not the Hardy and the Dudley tag team. That's I'm, a completely I'm continuing different feud. His feud against John Cena, which lasted several years, was uh, fairly not iconic. Not iconic, though. Not iconic. And to say that Edge didn't have an iconic moment on par with the pipe bomb is not true. Him spearing Jeff Hardy in the TLC match off the off the belts. That's about as iconic as it gets. Edge is like a walking tribal tattoo. CM Punk is like cool tattoos, like Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> okay, you can't throw that at me. Uh, other stuff. It's just, I don't know, it's just, CM Punk was iconic. He was iconic. Even his name, CM Punk. Edge. You think you know me. How is that? That's, that's super the, iconic. That's the most odd energy drink name I've ever heard in my life. Late 90s, but anyway. CM Punk. That's great. What does CM stand for? Chick Magnet. Oh, how great is that? You know I'm right about this one. You think you know me. You think you know me. Yeah. Anyway. I'm right. Edge was cooler. I, that's so not true. You so don't believe that. That's he was a Red R Superstar. That's you a great so nickname. You so don't believe that. Red R Superstar thing. is a cool nickname. That's so, it's a decent name. Oh, it's cool. Rated R. What is that crap? What about Rated X? Straight Edge Society. It's cooler to abstain from drugs and alcohol than it is to be Rated R. The Straight Edge that Society? Who had better merch? Oh, by a mile. By a mile, it was CM Punk. You can't even think of it. CM Punk is a top three merch guy of all time. His designs were amazing. I just don't know. I'm not that familiar with uh, a lot of Edge. Exactly. Edge's merch. Exactly. Well, because Edge t-shirt. There was a, a stretch in the early aughts, early mid-aughts, where I didn't watch wrestling as often. I didn't see There was it. a legitimacy. There was a legitimacy to CM Punk that made him... As good as he was. That made him as compelling as he was. And Edge, and so many others. I'm not singling out Edge. Uh, Mr. Crenty is. Edge lacked that. He lacked that. We can't judge by what they have on the store now. Well, it's this right here. That's, come on. That looks like an Ed Hardy design. That's terrible. Ooh, like an Ed Hardy looks like an affliction design. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Like quite as bad as Edge Ed is like new metal. And CM Punk is like, you know, freaking Black Flag, man. Or uh, Living Color. Yeah. Yeah, man. Cult of Person. Are you kidding me? It's a good song. He was just so much cooler. Like, Edge is like your 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 basic creative wrestler. Aww. And CM Punk you is a guy you that. go in there in deep, and you're like, man, look at all this. Look at his Pepsi tattoo. Cobra Commander. You, it's true. It's totally I will true. Say, I will say the that spear? Edge. I will say Edge has had a more successful post-wrestling career than CM Punk. Well, we can agree on that one. There we go. One more question from A.O. Worm. Let's see what A.O. Worm has to say. Hey, friendos, what's going on? It's your boy A.O. Worm here back with another video question. So, shout out to Sam Punk Finds and Assaulting for requesting Armageddon 2006. So, my debate topic is, do you think WWE will ever take Chris Benoit off the blacklist? And also, who else do you guys think that's on the blacklist should be taken off minus CM Punk because we all know that he shouldn't be on it. He should be welcome back with open arms. All right, friendos, take it easy. Thank you, Aoworm. Thank you. I'm going to say, okay, so I'm going to, I have the unenviable, unenviable task, I almost got through that word, um, of saying that, yes, he will be taken off of WWE's blacklist. Um, because here's the thing. I don't think the WWE is going to go out of business anytime soon. And not only do I not think they're not going to go out of business, I think that before they go out of business, they would be bought by like WME or something like that. You know, I think they, they, I could see possibly them being bought for a couple billion dollars 15 years from now, 20 years from now. At a certain point, at a certain point, it wouldn't surprise me if his in ring career was celebrated. Because eventually, like, ever is a long time. I think that's going to be my main argument here. <coughs> ever is a very long time. But then at the same time, there's so many other... No, he's... he's, he's so here's the thing. The yeah, he was, he, was, he was really good in the ring. Yeah. But, and, and he has a lot of fans. Yeah. But he was never... Chris Benoit was never at that iconic level. I know. Never. I know. Um, and what he did is terrible. Yeah. And that's always going to overshadow everything he ever did in the ring. Let me ask you something. Let me, because yeah, I, I apologize, A.O. Worm. There's no way out of this one. And sometimes we have questions 
where there's no way out of them. Yes. We can argue about who's better, Edge or CM Punk, till, you know, and I'm sure the comments are filling up with yes. debate. And that's, I, lo- I like those kind of comments. Yes, me too. Healthy, healthy debate's great. Yes. Let me ask you this, though. Okay. For the sake of argument, Hulk Hogan said some absolutely despicable things and rightfully was blacklisted. Yes. He will probably come back at some point. It wouldn't surprise me if they trot him back out within the next five years. Uh, in uh, an ambassadorial role, or at least just to, you know they bring they bring him out because he can sell a couple tickets still. Yeah. If Hulk Hogan did the things that Chris Benoit did, would he ever be taken off the blacklist? Because then you're talking about a guy who is that iconic, yeah. who is absolutely well, I think the, the truth, definition of pro wrestling. I think the truth would remain in that. What Benoit did, if Hogan were to do it, and I'm only I'm only saying Hogan because he's the most iconic guy. Yeah, um, if something if somebody at that level did something uh, on par with what Benoit did, the act that act those acts, uh, I think in a lot of people in my, in my mind would overshadow whatever he did in the ring. Yeah, and it'd be hard to look past ultimately what he did. To anyway celebrate what he did in the ring, it'd yeah. be very difficult. Yeah. And whether, you know, he would be blacklisted forever is, I don't know, but I can only speak personally. You know, whenever you see him, you know, using the, the Hogan example, in the ring, posing, mm-hmm. telling people to drink their milk and eat their vitamins and think, oh, man, he did that, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. You can't sit there and just ignore all that yeah. and say, okay, well, what we're watching is a show and I'm going to enjoy the entertainment aspect of it. It's hard. You can't. Some, some of the things more, you can't compartmentalize. Some like of the that. more shocking things you just you can't forget. Yep. Like whenever I see Abdullah the Butcher, I just think of the yeah the Hep C thing. The Hep C thing. Yeah. You know, it's really difficult to get around that yes. stuff. Um. So I mean, I I do think the answer is no. I, I know ever ever is a very is. long time. Um. But yeah, I think there are certain things that you just you can't get around. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he's not so iconic. And I don't know if that helps or hurts him because. At a certain point, if you're so iconic like Hulk Hogan and you do something like that, uh, like if, if, if somebody as iconic as Hulk Hogan did something like something so bad that Chris Benoit did, it almost might amplify it. Could. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then he's held, you know, as a public figure who was on TV saying, you know, take your vitamins, drink your milk. You know, people can say, oh, Hulk Hogan is my role model. Yeah. And then he does something like that. So, yeah. It's kind of the Cosby thing. Yeah. You know, but yeah, yeah Chris Benoit never got up to, like, Cosby level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he never got to that level. There are so many. I think the point is there are so many other people who, you know, because of the talent levels and just the history of the company and how long it's been or how long the company's been around that are either at his level or far beyond it. You know, he was never... He was a great, great wrestler, a great in-ring performer. He was never a great, fully realized character, you know? I mean, he was kind of one note. Yeah. I, b- before he did those things, I loved Chris Benoit. Yeah. And almost partially because he was so one note, it was like, man, I know what I'm going to get from this guy. Yeah. And it is awesome. But there was nothing that stood out about him so much that, like an Eddie Guerrero, Man, he not only was he great in the ring, he was, that dude he, he was, was a character. Great with character. He was charismatic as he hell. He was the yep. Uncle Eddie that you wanted yep. at your Thanksgiving meal. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think he's ever going to be taken off. Now, uh, in terms of who else on the blacklist should be taken off, who el- who else is on? The, I mean, Hogan right now is on the blacklist. I think I think he will be taken off. Uh, should he if he if he expresses you know the the uh, an appropriate and believable amount of contrition mm-hmm. for the stuff that he said and who he's caught saying and if there's the idea that man this guy really kind of learned a lesson yes. i mean he had a lot of people a lot of people came out in defense of him and said you know i never really thought of him as that um and this is not to excuse it at all it's unacceptable now as it is 50 years ago but a lot of the older guys also said of a variety of you know cultures said it, it was so different back then the relationships we had with each other in terms of our races that ain't excusing anything but there is a mindset there that has to be accepted you know and it's probably more difficult for some people to overcome than others mm-hmm. so um, I think Hogan probably should 
if he, yes. you know, X, Y, Z. Yes. Um, who else on the blacklist, though? Is Billy Graham on the blacklist again? He's on and off. Boy, he, yeah, he, he, he yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Because he's really upset about Abdul well, Butcher going in the Hall of Fame. He's really the, upset about that. The, the WWE's on his blacklist. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> so, so um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Snooker was, but then he passed there. away, and then they kind of... Would you consider the Young Bucks to be on their blacklist? No. <laughs> they would sign them in a heartbeat if they could. <laughs> CM Punk's not on their blacklist. No. Jeff Jarrett. Kind of. Oh, about China. Oh, yeah. That's she should be off. Point. She should be off. She should definitely be off. Yeah, she should be off. I don't think she's necessarily, you know, a good good, good way to check. What was the pay-per-view where she won the IC title? No Mercy there? 99. No Mercy. We're going to check this right now live on air. We're going to check to see if her, because you know how in the Benoit matches, the little chapter breaks? Yeah. We're going to see if she's, if her name is in a chapter break. <coughs> No mercy. Get to the network. It was actual network. Stupid. We're gonna find out if uh, China's name is in a chapter break. Uh, yeah, submit, man. Come on. No mercy. No mercy. That's the telltale whether you're uh, no mercy. on the blacklist or not, huh? Here we go. Pretty much, yeah. Although I haven't checked to see if they've updated. Uh, oh, there, there it is. I don't see any chapter breaks. Come on, there's chapter breaks. Yeah, they take a while to load sometimes. What the heck, chapter breaks? Well, let's just do this. Oh, there you go. They just load up. They just load up. Yep. She's in chapter break. So China's not on the blacklist. With her, I think it's specifically a Hogan. Hogan is in the chapter breaks. I think. Be hard to get rid of all those chapter breaks. For Hulk Hogan, you know. I know. (laughs) That'd be kind of difficult. Like, check WrestleMania 3. Well, let's see if we can search them also. Oh, yeah. That's the huge thing. Finish of his name is there. Yeah. So I mean, there are varying degrees. There's like it's basically a gray list. Yeah. What level of gray are you? Chris Benoit is black. Yeah. Uh, Hulk Hogan is probably mid gray tone. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know who else will be. They've forgiven a lot of people over the days. Yeah. You know. I mean, for for business stuff, they'll forgive pretty much anybody. That's why I think Jeff Jarrett. If they cared about Jeff Jarrett, if Jeff Jarrett was a big enough name. I, I'm sure they bring him back. Oh, yeah. You know. I mean, they had Dixie Carter involved in... Right? Uh, uh, the Kurt Angle thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think if there was a business reason to get Jeff Jarrett back into the fold, they would do it. Mm-hmm. They thought he can make the company money. Mm-hmm. But yep. history's proven that doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, anyways, that's it for Matt Chat. Again, you guys can submit your video questions at the twenty dollar and up mark on the Patreon every month uh, at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Uh, we welcome all the debate you guys yes. are up to offer. Just be kind in the comments. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Your words? Less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. You can find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.